0: You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Sorry, I have to recover every time I see that video. All right, feeling it. Well, happy Mother's Day. Welcome here on this awesome day. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you came in and you saw some incredible flowers uh, and incredible drinks, it was because we have an amazing creative director here uh, named Hannah Rima, who is just amazing. And I got a text from her this week. She was like, hey, <laughs> Don't watch the security footage, because I threw up outside. (laughs) Because if you didn't know, she did all of this work while being totally pregnant and having two other children, and their family was sick, and so I just really, can we honor her for just being such an incredible blessing? So talented, so gifted. Honestly, we are so blessed. If you are a creative person, she is putting together a really cool team of people, and uh, you got to make the cut. But, uh, or maybe not, apparently, there's no cut. Um, I'm trying to help you out, but you do whatever you want, I guess. Uh, It's really, really a great opportunity. So I know this isn't Discover, but uh, you would be under a great leader who will love and care for you. So I recommend her. Um, And to be a part of that, but uh, I want to begin today by honoring a mother who's very special to me I gave flowers in the first service to my mom who is an incredible mom here at the church And so I won't make you come forward again mom and give you another set of flowers though you do deserve it Um, And uh, I do appreciate you. I wanted to honor A mom who I think is very special in leading the church and who gets paid nothing to do it, uh, but stands in complete authority and leadership here. And that's my wife, Katie. And I want to celebrate you. We love you. We're thankful for you. So I got these for you because you're the best. Thank you. Awesome. But well, we love you moms, you, got, you are awesome, in fact, I thought we'd take a little time here at the beginning uh, to honor moms on this Mother's Day with a little giveaway, so I have, where's my special helper? Right there, Jake, the man himself, Mr. Grape Soda Garage is going to help me uh, do some giveaways of uh, some shirts and hats, now we're going to give you a shirt moms, hear me. And it's just a size. It's not your size, but then you can go back and pick your size. So we're not like, what size are you? And, you know, we just, you go tell us after and just get whatever you want, honestly. We'll give you whatever you want because we love you. Um, but uh, we want to do this. I thought I'd find out, do we have, I want to I talk most kids and grandkids here uh, in the church. Do we have any grandparents here with us today? Any grandparents here? Okay. Raise your hand if you have at least one grandchild. Keep keep them up, you're gonna have to keep them up. At least one, at least one, okay, more than one. How about two? Two grandkids, you can't count dogs. Three, four, five, six, is it six, seven? <laughs> seven, it's seven? it's it's more than it's more than three, so I think you win awesome, awesome all right grandma uh, how how many okay, yeah we count everybody just the whole gaggle what do you got fourteen no she, Eight great okay, yeah you were definitely gonna win <laughs> yeah yeah for real awesome all right. This one, okay, uh, how many moms do we have here? Raise your hand if you're a mom here. Can we celebrate moms? Awesome. Okay. I want to talk about biggest baby. Biggest baby at birth. Now, we had 11.1 in the first service, and uh, we'll see if we can get there. God bless you moms. I joked, and I said, this is why even if men could, we would not give birth, because I refuse. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Um. But 11, but let's start, uh, let's say uh, anyone ab- above seven, that's pretty normal, right? Seven, eight, keep your hand up if it's eight, nine, ten, okay, Amanda, Amanda, what do we got, what do we got? Ten, awesome, Amanda wins, okay, we'll give it to Amanda. If you're like, I had more than ten, tell me after, I'll give you a hat, we got a lot of them, <laughs> it's cool. Um. All right, how about I want to know the mom, grandma, spiritual mother, really engaged auntie um, who has traveled the longest to be here today. You came from the farthest away. So if you came from outside the valley to be here today, raise your hand. Anyone coming from outside the valley? Oh, you already won, so look at that. You double down. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Did anyone come from outside of Scottsdale? Oh, it's for sure, Madison. Wait a second. Did anyone come from farther than Florence? Okay, yeah, you for sure won. That's so far. Yes. That's a good call. Awesome. Good job, Madison. Uh, I love the Craigs. They they come to everything, and they come to everything from Florence. So it's always funny when, like, other people are like, man, it's too far. I'm like, oh, really? Where are you coming from? They're like, Chandler. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like standing next to Jake. <laughs> came from Florence. I'm like, oh, all right, well. Um, But we love you moms We're excited for you uh, we we want to celebrate you. I want to encourage you today from the Word. Uh, I know that for some today is a is also a difficult day uh, because of loss, maybe the loss of, uh, as you've been desiring, to be a mom. And so I want to kind of, I always say this at the beginning to prep you for the end, is at the end of the service, we're going to pray for you and pray over the moms that would like and are desiring to conceive and to have children. If you've been struggling uh, to to get pregnant or to come to full Term we want to pray for you, and not only that, if you want to stand in the gap for somebody that you know and are believing for, maybe in your family, we we want to pray as well. So uh, we're not going to make you do anything weird. We just we, we're going to pray over you and, and agree with you. Uh, you'll you'll just be raising your hands and we'll agree. But I want to kind of prep you just mentally for that so it doesn't spring on you. Okay, okay. But uh, today I want to I want to talk to moms and talk about moms, and I am not a mom. But I spend a lot of time staring and watching a mom, because I think she's really hot, um, and I'm super into her. Uh, but uh, I thought about, you know, what to, what do I do to honor moms? Like, there's all kinds of stages of moms. To mom. Picking a Mom's Day video is a, is a wild thing for me, because I want to make sure I get everybody right, because being a mom can be all kinds of things, right? You could be a birth mom, you could be an adoptive mom, a foster mom, you could be a spiritual mom, maybe like you never had kids, but you have cared for someone like a mother. You could be a grandmother, a spiritual grandmother, you could be a, um, like I said, a really involved aunt, I, I don't know, right? All kinds of things, like to assume that position or role of motherhood, you could be an expecting mother, you could be someone who who uh, is a mom but has suffered loss. There's so many things, and so I was like, what, what do moms really want to hear on mothers? Day, And how do I preach it in a way that really everybody else also doesn't check out? It's like, well, you shouldn't check out because we love moms at this church. But what what do we say? And so I, I kind of started asking, what is it that moms hear most every other day of the year? Like, what do moms hear on Uh, ads and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and on advertisements and mom's groups and, you know, I'm not normally on those things, so I don't really pay attention, but I started to think about what do they hear and started to pay attention to what is being told to moms about moms and about what you do, and it's surprising to me as I began to like look at what's the message going to moms is what I found is kind of this lingo. Uh, Here is what you need in order to be a good mom you need blank. You need to do blank, not do blank, right? You need to use this product, not use this product. You need to, you know, use this. Don't use this. You need to go to here or not go to here. You need to buy this, not buy this. You need to do this for your kid. How about 10 things to never do to your kid? How about four ways this household item might be killing your children tonight at CNN on 6, right? It's like Everything that I was reading was like if you don't do this, then you don't love your children If you do this, then you love them if you don't do, you need this you need to buy this you need to go get this You need to look like this. You need to solve this I'm, just kind of noticing this constant sense of you must do more in order to be a good mom And I think it, it's caused a lot of moms to think in some way i'm missing i'm now i'm not a mom just from observation and talking to moms And loving a mom And loving a mom is that it's caused a lot of moms to think, I- I'm missing the mark. In some way, I've not measured up. You know, when my wife and I, uh, when we were having our first kid and my wife was pregnant with Lucy, and we, uh, <laughs> it was when Facebook groups were a big deal. And I made a joke in first service that Facebook groups aren't a big deal anymore or shouldn't be. And someone's like, oh no, they still are a big deal. So my joke stands, they shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> because... Uh, I never realized that so much arguing could exist in one compacted, chosen place as a Facebook group. And guys, we—you might not know this—I've I've just popped in to view them. But there is no more contentious of an environment as the Facebook Moms group. The Facebook Moms group is the Moss Eisley Cantina of opinions. <laughs> Never is there a greater hub of scum and villainy in the universe than the Facebook moms group. You're like, no, it's so uplifting. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. It's like, because when you go on a mental health break, you leave the Facebook moms group behind. It's like, my wife was on this group, and I remember reading some of these posts, and just the pure aggression about, like, breastfeeding, as if it's anyone's opinion but yours, what you do with your breasts and your children. Like, when did that become a complete stranger's, like, duty to give you their opinion? You don't even know if that's a woman. They've just made that Facebook profile, <laughs> right? I come from the age of instant messenger where we assumed everyone talking about that on the internet was an old dude, right? <laughs> right? Everyone, everyone in their 30s who got the internet, like, right at that really crucial time, you know what I'm talking about, Uh <laughs> But as she would go on this group and just opinions and opinions, and it, I was just seeing the effect that it had on her. It was like nothing that you did was ever enough. You had to do this, this amount. You had to breastfeed. Oh, don't, don't breastfeed. Oh, don't use a bottle. Oh, you have to use a bottle. If you don't, this, oh, you got to go to work. And if you don't go to work, then then you're not there. And if you you go to work, then you don't care. And are you gonna do preschool? Are you gonna do pre-pre-preschool? Are you gonna do the preschool for pre-Harvard or pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-school? Pre, 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 like what are you doing right now? How many letters do they know? It's like she's in the womb. Are you having them listen to Beethoven? or indie rock, what kind of look are you going for, right? And it was like aggressively obsessive, in my opinion. And it was was, uh, pushing this attitude that no matter what you do, it's not enough because someone's going to come on and be like, are you serious? If you do that, you don't love your kid. If you don't use essential oils, you don't love your children. If you use essential oils, you don't love your children, right? It's like you can't win. Someone's going to have a problem with what you do, right? They're going to have a problem, and because it's on the internet, there's literally no backing it up. It's just like, yeah, I disagree. You're like, why? Because I do. (laughs) And I live in a generation that's given me a platform with no responsibility. And so what's happened is it's created what I believe is called mom guilt. Mom guilt. Now, men, when we hear mom guilt, we think of the mom guilt we receive um, for being wild. (laughs) And uh, trying to jump off the roof on a snowboard. And then your mom's saying, you're killing me. Why are you doing this, right? It's like when you're sitting in the hospital with a swollen ankle because your dad may or may not have drugged you behind a tractor on an old plastic piece of snowboard. Anyways, personal experience. Um, <laughs> that's not the mom guilt I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mom guilt uh, that says no matter what you're doing, somehow it's not enough. That's the mom guilt. Has anyone ever experienced that? Okay. Okay. In some way, what I'm doing, as great as it might be, it's not enough. It's a thought of I have done, I am doing, or I will do something that is wrong for my kids, and everyone will judge me. I'll never get over it, and I'm just going to live guilty. Okay, does this sound familiar? Here are some inner monologue statements from mothers that I have combined. And I'm I'm not a mom, so you're going to have to tell me if these are close. Okay, inner monologues. I didn't spend enough time playing with the kids. Any, mom, any moms ever thought that? I didn't get the house clean because I was playing with the kids. I cleaned the house, and now I won't let the kids play because they'll mess it up. I didn't bring them outside to play, and it's beautiful out. I brought them outside to play. They whined about it, and I got upset at them. I read with my oldest more than I read with my younger two. I'm not strict enough. I'm too strict. I let them eat candy. I don't let them eat candy. I hide candy from them so I can eat it. I don't plan educational activities for the kids to do on a daily basis. Who am I kidding? I don't plan educational activities for the kids to do, ever. I didn't breastfeed long enough. My pregnancy diet is probably to blame for my child's food allergies. I let them watch too much TV. Sometimes I use the TV as a babysitter. I went shopping with them, even though they were crying at the door to come with me. That's kind of a good feeling, though, sometimes. You're like, <laughs> I'm free. I'm not a mom, just, you know, as a dad. <laughs> Save that for Father's Day. I should be happy all the time, because I get to stay home with my kids. The other moms would love to be in my situation. Or I work, so I feel like I'm missing time with my kids. I yell too much, on and on and on and on, right? The feeling that you aren't measuring up is pretty consistent in all of humanity, but I think moms carry a special weight because of their deep, deep, deep love and their deep capacity for love. And we've really all felt like this, whether, whether you're a mom or not, we've felt that feeling of in some way I am not measuring up, I'm missing the mark. There's a standard that exists that I cannot reach, that I cannot achieve. It's invisible. It's unattainable. And the hard part is if we live in that state of feeling like we're not measuring up, feeling like we're not good enough, like, like we're constantly missing the mark, we end up feeling condemned. But who do we really feel condemned by? We say it's by others, but really it's by us, Right? We are our worst critics. I will self-admit, no one is meaner to me than me. And I've had some people say some mean things to me. It's wild to me. I've said this before to husbands. The things that your wife says to herself, you would throw hands with somebody if they said it to her. But the things she says about herself and her body and her image and who she is and what she's capable of, it would blow your mind if, she's, if you said them to you, you would be mortified. Why? Because we are our harshest critics. We're so mean to ourselves, right? Other people, man, they can critique us, but nobody can mess you up like you. And so what happens is if we feel like we're not measuring up, if we feel like we're not making it, moms, if you feel like you're just missing the mark on motherhood, what happens is you begin to condemn yourself, you begin to condemn yourself, and you might think that others are doing it, and that might be, the judgment of others might be part of it, but really it comes internally, what we speak over ourselves. And so I feel like today, man, if you have ever felt, mom or not, if you have ever felt condemned, if you ever felt in that sense like you are missing the mark, and so therefore For condemning yourself I feel like I want to encourage you today Because that is not Christ's call upon your life In Christ There is not condemnation And so I want to read you a scripture If you brought your Bibles uh, Open up to Romans chapter 8 If not the words uh, will be on the screen for us here And online they'll be available as well But I want to read to you Romans 8 verse 1 But let's pray together We're going to get started God, we thank you so much for moms. God, we thank you for their deep capacity for love. And God, I pray as we open Scripture today, God, even those uh, with that maybe have a, a great mother or are a great mother or those who have, have not um, known their mother or have lost their mother, who are struggling with loss as a mother. God, I thank you that today you renew by your Holy Spirit. And God, that nothing we bring before you, no feeling, no emotion, no struggle, no joy, nothing is rejected by you. You embrace us in our entirety, and you welcome the fullness of our heart. Nothing we bring to you scares you. And so we just give you everything today, and we pray, would you renew us, would you encourage us, and would you strengthen us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to read this to you. Romans 8, verse 1. We ready? Oh, are we ready? Yes, okay, awesome. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Hear me. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know we're going to move on. I'm going to read it one more time because you need to hear this. There is. Is Therefore, now no condemnation, none, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, meaning in human form, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit Okay, the first one kind of might make sense and then the next three are a little more obscure So let me give some context on this. Okay, you're like the law and the spirit and the flesh of the law Let me give just like a little sum up here. Is that okay? Okay, so um Israel that the people of God the covenant people of God that came from Abraham that God said uh, I'm gonna raise up a great nation the promise of a savior is going to come through them to redeem all of creation the people of Israel uh, go to Egypt during a famine and they uh, get food and they grow but then they become slaves because the new rulers of Egypt not a big fan of the Israelites So the Israelites call out to God. God sends Moses, and Moses rescues them by the power of God and brings them up out of Egypt. That's about, I don't know, 400 years of history in 30 seconds. So when they come out of Egypt, God, the very first thing He wants to do is restore a covenant with them. Because if there is a theme of the Old Testament, it is that God is constantly restoring His covenant with His people. That He is constantly restoring Uh, Restoring the hope of salvation for them and so he brings them to Mount Sinai He restores the covenant and then he gives them this thing called the law someone say the law The law now the law when you read the law in the Old Testament, it's kind of a lot Uh, If you looked just purely at the Torah, let's say the first five books of the Old Testament uh, You would read a lot of included in there in Leviticus especially is the law Now, if you've ever done a Bible plan, this is the part of the Bible plan that gets really difficult. Like, you started the year solid, you're like, I'm reading the Bible in a year. You're two months in, you're just 14 chapters deep in Leviticus. Like, oh my gosh, I don't care how many pigeons it takes to redeem the goat of my cousin. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know when this is ever gonna matter in my life. Now, (laughs) it all does matter, and again, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this the best way so I, get, I can get us here. But the way that I like to put it is that uh, everything that Christ gave them was symbolic of what he was going to fulfill through Christ. And all the law existed to do was to, was to purify the hearts of a people who were drawn into a covenant relationship. Because the Israelites were not pure and perfect people. Because guess what? None of us are. If you're in here and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of messy. I don't know if these church people will take me. Don't worry. Everyone is. (laughs) Now, if you're walking with Christ, you have the freedom of that and the freedom from being a slave to sin. But like all people in this moment... There's this recognition of we are impure, God is perfectly pure, perfectly holy, and our sin separates us. So in making the law, there was sacrifices, there was cleaning, there was days, there was this temple and techniques and all of these things about sacrifices to atone from sins, to purify their hearts, to purify the people so that they could be in this covenant space with the Lord. And when you read it, you're kind of like, this is exhausting, And you know what? That's exactly the point. That's like literally the point. The point when you read the Old Testament law and you're like, who can literally do this? God's like, me. Right? The point of the Old Testament law was not to point people away from God or to achieve the place of God, but to point people back to God saying at the end of the day, no matter what I do, I still need you, God. I still need you as Lord of my life. I cannot earn salvation. So the law, when it talks about the law of the flesh or the law of sin, the law was about purity, but the reality is since no one is pure, eventually they would break the law, right? So what happens? There is a consequence. If you break the law, there's, you know, if you sin, right, there's a separation there. And again, it's not like God's breaking it. It's that people chose. God says, hey, you should choose to love me and to walk with me. And and then we say as sinful people, no, I'm going to choose to do kind of whatever the heck I want to do. And God's like, Okay, I'm gonna restore my covenant and say, would you come under that? And they're like, yes, man. We found out it sucks over here. We want to come back over here into the covenant relationship with the love of God. And he's like, awesome. Let's renew that covenant. And they're like, yes. Here, I'm sacrificing this lamb as a symbol that the blood must be shed for for my for for my sin and that that I am broken, that I need a savior. And then he's like, awesome. And then they're like, you know what? Actually, I kind of liked it back over here. And so they go back over here into rebellion. Then they're like, wow, it sucks over here, right? This is the Old Testament. In case you're wondering, right? And then they're like, oh man, this is great, for like four and a half days, and they're like, and we're back over here, right? And the farther you get in the Old Testament, that window of time gets shorter and shorter and shorter, to the point where they're just living over here, like, what's going wrong? Where is God, right? It's like, well, He's over here waiting for you to come under covenant with Him. And so the law was meant to guide people in righteousness, but bring them to this realization that they couldn't attain this sense of purity, wholeness. They couldn't die for their own sins. They they couldn't achieve this for their own life. That they needed God. They needed a Savior. So what Romans in in this chapter in 8, 1 through 4 is saying is, say, listen, the law was meant to bring you to a point where you recognized you could not measure up and to realize that you need a Savior. And it is through the Savior that we have hope. See, this is the place that we all have to come to. I have to come to, all of us, is the debt of my own sin I cannot work off. Right? Any of you who have found Christ recently, you have recently realized this. Like, the weight of my own sin, I, 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 there was nothing in the path I was walking that was going to fix that. That requires Jesus. I need a Savior. And so Jesus came to fulfill the law, not destroy it. He didn't come to eviscerate the law. He came to be the fulfillment. The fulfillment of what? The fulfillment of a covenant relationship with God. That we were to walk in unity with God, to fulfill our heart cry for purity and relationship with God, to pay our debt, to be the sacrifice for us. So what's amazing is when we give our hearts to Christ— He comes and covers us with His righteousness. See, in the law, they would do sacrifices all the time. If you read the Old Testament law, it was like, sacrifice a pigeon and a goat and a lamb, and a lamb was a big one, and oxen, and all this stuff. And it was all about to show that that blood, that life, that, that there is a connection between sin and death, right? But when Jesus comes, He is the once and for all sacrifice to cover our sins. See, the reality is, I am condemned by my sin, I deserve judgment for my sin. And there's nothing that I, technically speaking, could do for that. But Jesus, Jesus comes, and he takes that condemnation upon himself to the cross and gives me life. And he restores me in this beautiful exchange. And this is why Romans 8 Paul can say, therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ. Under the law, there was condemnation. Why? Because we could never measure up. But under Christ, there was no condemnation. Why? Because Christ has covered it. It's not about measuring up. It's about laying it at His feet. It's about coming under Him. It's about surrender. It's about giving our heart. It's, about give. it's not about attaining. It's not about achieving. It's about surrendering. This is so important. Moms, not moms, everyone here today, hear me today. There is no condemnation in Christ. How much of our life is lived feeling condemned? Feeling condemned by your failures. Feeling condemned by your shortcomings. Feeling condemned by your past. See, Jesus has called us to live life in the Spirit. He says the law of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He says, when you're with me, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there is no condemnation. Romans 8.1, look at that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, your past does not condemn you, no matter how hard it might try. Your mistakes do not condemn you. Your insecurities do not condemn you. What the world says does not condemn you. Those people you keep hanging around that like you still call your friends even though you don't even really like them, and they always bring up garbage about you. They don't want you to step up. They don't want you to grow, so they keep cutting you down and bringing up your past mistakes. You know who I'm talking about. You know who that is in your life. They keep bringing you back to the failures that you have. It doesn't matter. They might try to condemn you, but if Christ has not condemned you, you are not condemned. Yeah, you can cheer for things. That's all right. That's okay. Mothers, I want you to hear. You might feel like the world has condemned you, but it isn't true. Here's what is true. You ready? You are a daughter of Christ. Sorry, let me say that again. You are a daughter of God with Christ. You are a daughter of God. It says that we are sons of God, that we are co-heirs with Christ. There is no condemnation. Others might judge you. You might judge yourself. But in the end, God does not condemn you. And I feel like it's so important as as I look at the way moms are spoken to these days, I I feel like with the weight of visual uh, presence that is put upon mothers, there is such a sense of condemnation. But moms, you are not condemned by your messy house. Right? Like you were like going to have this super hipster house. Right? Everything was in its place. It just looked so good. And it had the boxes and all the things. And you went to, like, the the flea markets and you got all the stuff. And then you, I don't know, whatever you did, the 70s furniture, and it looked so cool. And then, like, day one of your kid walking just bit the end off of that table. You know what I'm talking about. Right? Like, you guys have a dog? No, we have a toddler. Right? Toys are everywhere. Then your kid found yogurt. And now you're just finding yogurt places you know what i'm talking about people who don't have kids are like what yeah welcome to the jungle homes <laughs> you have no idea how much work it takes to get the house ready when you come over <laughs> we we hose it down the day before and just brush it outside <laughs> we're like oh yeah it looks like this and just like everything's hidden in the closets <laughs> You're not condemned by your messy house. Listen, moms, you're not condemned by what schools your kids attend. You're not condemned by your desire to homeschool your children. You're not condemned by the fact you can't imagine homeschooling your children. Shout out, Katie. (laughs) You're not condemned by the difficulty of caring for a child with special needs. Hear me today a world that does not understand the weight you carry and the hard days that you have, you are not condemned of caring for a child with special needs and bearing that weight. You're not condemned by the fact that right now you like one kid a little more than you like the other one. You love them both. <laughs> Just currently, you like one a little bit more. <laughs> Siblings right now are like, that's a thing? Like, you're like, I knew it. Like, yeah, you were right. <laughs> You were right. I know a good therapist. But you're not condemned. You're not condemned. Hear me, moms. You're not condemned by your miscarriage or your miscarriages. Though the world might want you to feel shamed or broken, Christ does not condemn you. You are not condemned. You are not condemned by the people sitting here in this place today. You are not condemned. You're not Condemned by your lack of desire to have more kids. You're not condemned by your desire to have a lot of kids. You're not condemned because your life does not look like the moms on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'd go the other way and say, you're not condemned if your life does look like the moms on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Because guess what? You're not condemned. Right? We don't need to judge people for being a little messy. We don't need to judge people for being put together and stylish. There's literally no point. I hope you guys are catching a theme. You're not condemned by your inability to cook. You're not condemned because your kids aren't normal. Welcome to the club. You're You're not condemned because you're single as a mother. You're not condemned because you're a divorced mom. And you're not condemned if you're a mom going it alone. You're not condemned by your desire to have a break alone from your kids from time to time. Hear me. You're not condemned, though the world might say, you are not condemned by your body. You're not condemned by the failures that weigh on your heart. You're not condemned by the child that has walked away from Jesus. You're not condemned when you get angry at scraping mac and cheese off the kitchen floor. You're not condemned because you stay at home. You're not condemned because you work a job. You're not condemned by the tears and frustrations you face during the day and night. You're not condemned by not being able to throw the perfect birthday party for your kid. You're not condemned for not feeding your kid the the perfect whole foods that you might want to be able to feed them. You're not condemned by the choices of food for your children. You're not condemned because you need a vacation. You're not condemned because you can't afford a vacation. You're not condemned because you went on a vacation. You're not condemned by how you handled the pandemic. You're not condemned by the stares of people without kids who don't know what it's like to have a toddler go nuclear meltdown in the middle of a Staples, Fry's, Target, or a Walmart. You're not condemned by how other people see you. You're not condemned by what they think of your family, how big, how small, or what it looks like. You're not condemned by your size, your finances, your race, your background. You are not condemned. You are not condemned, and here's how I know why. Though you might feel condemned, Jesus says you are not condemned, and he starts with the one thing that should condemn us which is our sin and he says listen when you are alive in christ there's no condemnation meaning this if he did not condemn you for your sin but he took the condemnation of your sin upon himself to the cross and died for it then he does not condemn you for your motherhood and for your mistakes, or the things you consider your failures, because that is not how he sees you. I know you might think of God as some, like, you know, up high in the sky guy with, you know, this beard, and he kind of looks like like an angrier Zeus, which who knew was possible, right? That's how we so often see God. But that is not who God is. God is almighty and powerful, but God is powerful in his love, and perfect in his love. God loves you so much, hear me, and Jesus loves you so much. Jesus gave his life. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of God. He took your sin, he took your shame to the cross, and he defeated it. And so when you surrender your heart to him, you become dead to your sin and alive in him. Your sin is replaced with his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 5, 21. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, God made him who had no sin meaning Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, when God looks at you, what does he see? Does he see your failures? Does he see your mistakes? Does he see the, see the things that you stay awake telling yourself that you screwed up for your kids? Does he see that, that the sin the enemy comes in? No, he, he sees the righteousness of Christ. And what happens is you've already died to sin, but the enemy will try to come in and try to bring up the sins from the old you that Christ has died for. You know what I'm talking about, right? He comes in, he tries to attack your identity as a child of God. He says, you aren't what God says you are. You're a failure. You're a mistake. You're a mess. You're too much. But listen, God calls you his child, God brings you under his covering, the covering of his righteousness that has covered your sin and shame. So if someone is trying to shame you, they're not bringing what God's bringing because God has not come to shame you. It says in Psalms that those who look to him, their faces are radiant and they are never covered with shame. So if you feel like someone is trying to cover you with shame, that is not the covering of the Lord. You need to get out of that covering and you need to get under the covering of the Lord. You need to unsubscribe from whatever's shaming you and you need to come under the covering of the Most High God. Moms, if I could say something to you. I want you to just hear these words. You are covered, not condemned. Though you might feel in some ways condemned. You might, as I'm listing those things about kids and children, you're like, yes, I feel that. You are covered, not condemned. Your sins are covered by his blood. Your shame is covered by his blood. And you have been adopted into the kingdom of God. All of us who are believers, Christ died to adopt you in as sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, if you continue to verse 14, says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The term Abba, Father is awesome because it's a term of endearment. It's the term that a child would say about their parent, lovingly, a call out, a crying for their dad. It is that kind of response and call out, which to us, you know, we we, we might think that's a That's a normal thought. Some of you, that might be a difficult thought. At the time this was spoken, that was a crazy thing, to have an intimate relationship with an almighty God. I still think it messes with us in the same way. But there's an intimacy here. See, we feel like we're so not, often not measuring up, missing the mark, and yet here God is reconciling us to himself and calling us his children. Isn't that crazy? God not only... Deeply, 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 deeply cares for you, but he brings you under his covering. It's not that he died for you and then just like left you out in the cold. He wants to bring you under his covering. I love this idea of being children of God under his covering. Um if you've ever seen uh, I don't know, any kind of waterfowl, I guess, ducks, geese, um, I, I've seen geese do this, even chickens will do this When they have chicks and it's cold They'll bring them in under their wings And it's cool because the water runs off And then it's warm underneath And so they're protecting their young And you're right next to the heart You can hear the beat of the heart And it's comforting And this is the image that God gives to us About coming under his covering Is that God says I love you so much I bring you under my covering So that you can be safe so that you can be comforted, so that you can hear my heart for you. And he says, not only do I love you, not only do I not condemn you, but I cover you. Psalm 91. Some of you, this this would be a great verse just just to write down and later maybe commit to your heart. It says this, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Just like birds co- cover their young to protect and comfort, to be near their heart, God wants to draw you under his wings to protect and comfort you. Did you know that is his desire for you? Why is that his desire? Moms, it's because you're precious to him. All of you here today, you are precious children of God. You are daughters of God, the Most High God. You are God's precious children, and that's how He sees you. I uh, would sing to my kids all kinds of songs when they go to bed. Right now, we're uh, singing to our son this Bob Marley song, Three Little Birds. Don't worry about a thing, right? It came from this book, and that's all he wants now. Uh, But we used to sing all kinds of songs about Jesus, (laughs) And uh, one of the ones, is right, Jesus loves little children All little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white They are precious in his sight See, God did not die for you because he had to God was not inconvenienced by you He loves you, amen He loves you, Bad, you can come up today you are precious to him. Scripture says you are like that pearl of great prize, right? That a man, when finding, would go sell everything he has to get. Everything. You are worth him giving his life for. You are of great prize. Not only that, you're like, Scripture says you're like the lost sheep, right? That there's 99, but there's the one that's gone astray, and the shepherd goes out and gets the 90, gets that one from the 99. You know why you go get the one? Because it's precious to you. You don't get it because it's an inconvenience. You don't get it because it have to. You don't give it, get it, go get it because it's an embarrassment, or you're ashamed about it, or you've forgotten it, or it hasn't measured up. You go get it because it's precious to you, and valuable to you, and you care for it. See, you are the child that God stepped out of heaven onto the earth and suffered the pains of this world that was beaten and died a brutal death, that went to the cross for your sins, that died, defeated death, hell, in the grave, that rose again on the third day. You're the child that he rose again and invited into the resurrection. You're the child that he longs to walk in all of eternity with. You're the child that though we have gone astray, that he came and died so that we could have another choice of new life that though we chose to wander far that he came and suffered our death and paid our price so that we could have life with him you are that child you are that precious to him so when the enemy comes and he starts whispering in your ear he starts saying oh man look at you the house is way too messy you don't do enough for your kids you aren't doing enough. You should have done this. Then, then, then your kids end be following Christ. I want to invite you, come under the shelter of the Most High God. Remember that there's no condemnation in Jesus. There's no shame in Jesus Christ and those that look to Him. Stand secure that, that, that He cares for you as His precious child. When we get this that there's no condemnation. There's a freedom from guilt and shame. See, God doesn't want you to live with mom guilt. You're free. You're released. And you can walk in the freedom that comes from knowing you are adopted as a child of the Most High God, who does not hold your sins and shortcomings against you, but lavishes His affection upon you. I want to invite you. Would you stand with me today? I'm going to pray for three things as we end. Like I told you, at the very end of this moment, we're going to pray over you if you are praying and believing uh, to conceive a child um, and or if you'd like to stand in the gap. But that'll be the third thing we'll talk about that. The very first thing today that i want to pray for you, if you'd all just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. The very first thing I want to pray is for those that want to surrender their heart to Jesus. What's amazing about this is if we lay our hearts before him, if we repent of all that's in our hearts, when the enemy comes and he tries to speak against us, there's nothing there for him to use. See, what happens is we leave all that junk and that shame in our heart, and it's like a little ammo cache that the enemy shows up, and we've like armed him to come against us. But when we take all that and we lay it at the feet of Christ... There is nothing for Him to use. There's nothing for Him to whisper against us because we say, listen, God already knows. I already gave it to Him. And listen, you cannot condemn me for what Christ has not condemned me because I have surrendered it to him and I am made new and I'm walking in righteousness and holiness and pursuit of him. I am not that old self. I am walking in truth. I've left behind my slavery to the flesh and to my sin and I'm walking in righteousness. If that's you today and you're saying, I've never made that choice or maybe I need to again, just surrender my heart to Jesus and say, I give you my life. I repent of all unrighteousness. I empty my heart, and I choose to walk in the freedom of a relationship with you. Scripture says if you make that choice, the old is gone, the new has come. So today, whether it's the first time or again, you need to surrender your heart to Christ. I just want you to respond today, no hesitation, by lifting your hand and saying, I choose today to surrender my heart to Christ and putting it back down. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray for you today. Would you disagree with me, church, as well? Jesus, we thank you for those who say today, I want to surrender my heart to Christ and begin a relationship. I want to say yes to Jesus as my Lord and Savior, or recommit my heart. I've not been pursuing you, but Jesus, I'm saying again, I commit my heart to you, and I choose to follow you. I surrender the completeness of my heart. I repent of all unrighteousness, and I lay it at your feet, and I thank you that you are making me new. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Second thing, just in this mode with your eyes closed, I want to pray for moms today. If you're a mom, I want to pray just for comfort and peace upon you. Would you just lift your hands with me today? If you're a mom, a grandma, a spiritual mother, anything, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray for you today. Just lift them in a receiving posture with me, if you would. Jesus, I thank you for these incredible mothers today. I thank you that through you there is no condemnation. Jesus I pray upon each life a peace and a comfort that comes from you. Thank you that you see these moms and they are precious in your sight and that you care for them and you cover them and you love them. And I pray that when they are weak and tired, that you would strengthen them, Holy Spirit. When they feel like they are poured out, I pray that you would fill them up. I feel I pray that when they are discouraged, that you would encourage them. I pray when they feel like they are looking for the words to say. And And the right things to know, I pray you would speak to them and guide them and direct them. And you would remind them of how precious they are to you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. The final thing we want to do today, we do this every uh, Mother's Day. Every Mother's Day we do this. And we've done this for years. And what's cool is like I can think of kids uh, and their names who really uh, became fulfillment of and testimonies of what God can do in this moment. And so for years what we always do is we end Mother's Day by praying for those moms who who desire to conceive. And this is probably one of the the most difficult moments because there is so much shame culturally I feel like for some reason attached to this. And yet, I so strongly believe that Christ releases shame over you today. That there is no shame in Jesus. There is no shame in this place. There is no shame in this church. There's only the love of God for you, and I believe in the testimony. And so what we do is I'm just going to invite you, if you are praying and believing to conceive, to have a child. and. F- whatever reason, you, uh, you are unable or you, you are, are believing or you're struggling, whatever it might be, we're going to pray healing for you. We're going to pray breakthrough. But also, I know those of you, you might have someone in your family, in your life that is also praying for that. And what we say is you just stand in the gap for them. Right? So you're just standing saying, I'm praying and believing for them. So if that's you, and you are, I'm not going to make you come forward. You're just going to raise your hand. Don't worry. People get really concerned. But if that is you, and you're standing in the gap or you personally are believing, I'm just going to invite you right now. Would you just lift your hand with me so we can pray for you today? Awesome. If you're in this room, would you just outstretch your arms towards anyone whose hand is raised and we're going to pray together. If you're online, would you comment as well and our online team is going to pray for you. We stand with you online and in person. God, we stand upon the testimony of your word. God, that to Sarah, who thought she was beyond the ability to have children, that you gave a child. God, that to Elizabeth, who thought she was beyond the ability to have children, that you gave a child. Even to Mary, who thought, how can this be, God, you gave The most perfect child that is Jesus Christ who went to the cross for us and died for us. And it says in your word that by his wounds we are healed. And then upon ascending gave the Holy Spirit and said that he had come, the Holy Spirit, to continue the work of healing and restoration. So we pray right now, standing upon the testimony and the belief and affirming in your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus, we pray life in the name of Jesus. We pray children in the name of Jesus. We pray you would bring child to the barren. We pray you would bring restoration to bodies. We speak to the cells. Would you agree with me this morning if you believe? Let's pray together. We speak to the cells of bodies today, and we pray restoration by your power and by your authority and by your might, not by human power, but by authority. We speak to organs, and we pray that they would come into complete and perfect unity and working order. We pray over wombs. We pray over uteruses, God. We pray over every part, God, that there will be completeness in the name of Jesus. We pray children. We pray full term. We pray complete birth. We pray total health. We pray health over mothers and bodies. And right now we reject the lie of the enemy of hopelessness over the minds and the hearts. We reject hopelessness because with God, nothing is impossible. With God, no body is beyond healing. With God, no life is beyond restoration. So we pray healing in the name of Jesus and we reject the lie of hopelessness. We pray build the faith, restore the hope. Bring the life in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit over mothers. I speak into you that you are a mother, that you will bring forth life, that you will bring forth family, that you will come to full term, that you will bring forth a child, not by the power of this room or the speaker or this microphone, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and the mighty God. We pray hope, we pray life, we pray restoration, and we pray peace in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I pray right now, even as we worship in this moment, as we worship in this moment, Jesus, I pray your peace would reside over every life that is longing for children, over every mother who is longing to lead her children and to raise them up, God. We pray the peace of the Almighty God upon this place, and I pray this morning that you would receive the peace of Jesus Christ as we worship in his holy name.